So I got that cool picture and then I wanted to tell you about how I got it. Is that a cool picture? You should, you sent me a picture of this map, this world map that yes. you bought from a garage sale, but it says on there, the world travels of John Dennis and Mary Francis Anderson Hartzog. It's like, so they put a map together of their world travels. How full of yourself are you? People- well, apparently they were a Navy family, like all their kids and maybe the dad or something were in the Navy. So they went a lot of different places in the world. So there's a little key on there. Do you see the key? Yeah, I see the key. The red pins mark the places in the world that have been visited. The blue flags mark the next planned trip. The yellow flag marks the favorite destination. The green pins mark dream travel destinations. Well, none of them were pinned. So I spoke with the daughter-in-law. I was like, I guess she never got around to it. (laughs) Okay. Putting the pins in the map. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Look, I know that people like to travel. I think it's cool. I thought it was cool that it was was an, an... a more accurate map too. Like the United States looks small and I always look for that in a map. Cause sometimes the United States is all blown up and huge and it shouldn't be. And like Greenland is really small. No, when Greenland is huge. No, no, it's the other way around. Really? Greenland is always really big on the maps that are flattened out. Yeah. They yeah. get skewed near the poles. So Greenland always looks really big, but it's actually not that big at all. Oh, and the United States actually and Australia are about the same size. Oh, see, so that, that looks right. Uh, but I think the United States still looks bigger in this map because I think the United States actually can fit inside of Australia or they're very what? similar. Yeah, no, Greenland looking like this. Like, look at yeah, Antarctica. Antarctica looks huge. Yeah. That's just the way these maps go. The more north, you, like Russia looks gigantic. And Russia is big. Yeah. But it's not as big as these maps portray it to be. Oh. You should look up... Uh, I feel like, oh man, are you sure? Oh yeah, the United States. I'm going to look up the United. Uh, just look up actual size of Greenland map. It'll probably. Inside Australia. Actual size of Greenland map. Oh, I see this though. It. Mm, all right. I feel like the United States could fit in there. So what am I supposed to do? Greenland map? And I look up actual size of Greenland map. It shows you what on it looks map. like on the map that you have over Africa and then the actual size of it. Oh, yeah. It's the same as... The true size of Greenland. Oh. If you put it at the equator. Whoa. It's teeny tiny. Yeah. I mean, it's still bigger than some European countries, but... It's like... Greenland versus Africa. It's like this tiny thing inside of Africa. Yeah, those maps near the the poles skew things when you flatten it out. Yeah. So your map is just a normal map. Uh, but it's it's a little better. No, it's the exact normal flat map. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. Well, <laughs> that was someone. Just the green. I feel like just Greenland and Antarctica, whatever. Which was someone's uh, idea to show off all their travels. You come over to my place. It's a conversation. Piece. I thought you'd be into it because it was a, it had somebody else's name on it and it's some old people did it. I don't know. I thought you'd be into it. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint. I have very strict rules when it comes to these things. I like finding old photographs of people's families Yeah. Uh, because those were taken for them. This map clearly it could be for them. I don't want to be completely cynical. It was for them, but it's also, you hang it on a wall and people look Oh, look at all the places we've traveled. Well, they didn't do it. Let me so. tell you about our travels. I know they didn't do it. So maybe they had, uh, you know, a reckoning of 
self-awareness and uh, humility. Well, this is how I came about it. So um, I'm just tooting around on Facebook and I'm a part of a Crofton um, yard sale group. And this person said they unexpectedly received a U-Haul from their from her father or sorry for from her husband's grandparents house i guess who died and they just received all this stuff all of a sudden so she was like impromptu garage sale so a bunch of people came and i was one of them i found that map and then as i was standing there this woman was looking at this green chair and she liked it and she like sat in it and was talking about it and i was like it looks cool you should get it and then um as i was leaving this woman drove up and was like I'm the one that messaged you. I came all the way from Odenton about that green chair. And the lady was like, oh, oh. So the lady that was trying to buy it, who had already like sold, like the, the woman who was doing the garage, the impromptu garage sale had already sold the green chair to this woman. And then this other person drives up claiming that it was, it was supposed to be held for them. And they were like, I don't know. They were going to start figuring that out. So I ran away. I drove so far for the green chair. I bet... If the person wasn't interested in the green chair, the person who drove, because they they wanted to check out the green chair, they probably weren't sure they wanted it. Yeah, yeah. But I bet if the other person wasn't interested, they would have looked. Eh, you know, no, actually, I don't. I think, Ah! yeah. (laughs) Did something attack you? And when I hit my microphone, I think that uh, the person who was there in person, they get the chair. Like that's it. They got it. They were there first. But I wrote you and I drove so far from Odenton. I mean, unless the person that was hosting said, okay, it's yours. Or like, I'll hold it for you. Then it's the person who bought it first. Well, good thing you got out of there with that map. How much was it? wanted that map. She tried to give it to me for free. I said, no, no, don't do that. Here's $2. Two, Two dollars. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> may as well just oh, you think it, it should be less i just think you would have taken it for free at that point no i feel like if you're insisting on paying for something it's like no 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 here's five ten dollars no two dollars is perfect for a garage sale five to ten dollars is way too much why was she offering it for free i think because it was just going to be a pain to like people were showing up like it was, it was like a feeding frenzy. There were just so many cars pulling up all at once, walking well, sh- into their driveway. You should add more to the map. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something like gray pins are where we never actually went, and then you just cover the whole map with gray pins. <laughs> I thought it'd be cool to show the kids. Maybe they'd be into looking at it. Into the map. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the map is fine. It's a normal yeah. map. For two dollars, that's a good buy. It's framed. Yeah, I feel like the frame alone is—I'd pay two bucks at a garage sale for the frame. Well, maybe I pay a dollar, maybe fifty cents, maybe yeah. twenty-five cents. Sorry if I'm not on board with it. I—I I think as a map, it's fine. Just the people trying to brag about all the places they've traveled in the world and their dreams. Why, dream do, you, why do you take it as bragging? Because that's what people do. Why do you even create a map like that in the first place? Because you can be proud. Yeah, you can be proud in your own head. Sometimes you want a visual representation of that. So you have it up on the wall and you think, I think it's kind of cute that she had these, or maybe he, I don't know, had these big plans about what they were going to do and where they were going to go. And we're going to get these different colored pins. Okay. I, I, I guess a big part of this is where it was hanging. 
in the house. Mm. If it was in a common area, a hallway, a living room, uh uh-uh. If it was in their bedroom for them to look at, then okay, I give that a pass. Okay. Well, I'll get in touch with them and ask. Ask, where was this going to hang? Because if it's, you know, someone stops by to pick them up, for example. Come on, we're going to go to the Home Depot. No, come inside for a second. I have to put on my shoes. Oh, look at this map hanging in the foyer. Foyer? And then the person's like, oh, okay, let's go. No, no, don't you have questions about all my travels? Don't you see all those red pins, all the places I've been, places you haven't been because I am a world traveler? And look at the dream destinations. Don't you want to ask me questions? I want to tell you why I really dream of going to Sudan, the place nobody else (laughs) in their right mind would want to go. But I have reasons. Ask me the... Now, come on, we got to... We got to get over to the Home Depot. Sudan. Do people go to Sudan? Is there a, is there a tourist no. attraction in Sudan? No, I don't think so. Um, so. Maybe I'm conflating it with Somalia, which is really lawless. Mm. But Sudan, I also feel as though is not a place that people really want to travel to. Is Sudan yeah. next to Ethiopia? Let me look it up now. If I have that map, I can go take a look. Yeah, you should look at your map. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Sudan's next to Ethiopia. Um, okay. I had a friend who went to Ethiopia once and then decided to go hiking along the border of Sudan for whatever reason um, and had to hire private guards to protect Ooh. him. Really? <laughs> yeah, which still, there's no guarantee that the guards are going to be able to protect you. So you're putting yourself in a situation where it's like, eh, this is dangerous, but I guess it's the story to tell. I've got a story. I mean, sometimes in Russia you have to have guards because, or uh, security or whatever, because there's so much corruption. Yeah, these are places I don't really want to travel, like Colombia, for example. People always said, go to Colombia. You're going to probably get held up, but just don't care anything of value on your person, anything you don't want to lose, because they're not really going to shoot you. If they come up with the gun and you just give them what they want, they're not going to shoot you. They just want. Right. So I was like, OK, that's great to know, but I don't really want to go to a place where I have to make plans to be held up. <laughs> like, yeah. I only brought ten dollars with me because I'm OK losing this ten dollars. <laughs> right. Prepare, prepare yourself to lose the money. Yeah, it's, it's going- just what it's the cost of of. Walking down the street and continuing to live. It's a, yeah, it's going to happen. Just yeah. don't get too scared about it. <laughs> don't no. be a pussy. And I don't know how much of uh, you know that is true, but I've heard stories from people who've went and who weren't trying to be nasty about it. They were just stating it matter of factly. So it wasn't uh-huh. like someone who's never been fear mongering. I think it's something that is true. Don't go to the Sudan. Or Maybe the other place you said. It's a dream. You haven't really experienced life. That's why the pin is in Colombia, because you haven't experienced life until you're on a bus going up to a beautiful mountain and the bus gets hijacked. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ and... This week is Autumn's topic, though I know what the topic is, and I feel as though it's a trap. It's a setup. So introduce the topic. Well, describing it as a trap seems a little extreme. Well, in the conversations we had pre-show, I asked you if you had much to say about this topic, and you said, no, not really, but I I know that you do. 
And I feel like you're setting me up to rant to just appear even more cynical. And, you know, oh. we already started the show with me railing against that map that you got from the garage sale. I know, and I have, I have such high hopes for that map. I like that map. You can like that map. I, look, one of my commentary. But you know what it is? You know what it is? It's one of those things where it's like you, oh, oh, I just figured something out. You don't like to share things that you like with people because if they react negatively to it, then it affects your feelings. Sure, that's true. But also and it's because I wouldn't... that's what you do. Instead of me no, saying, like, look I... at this cool map, you're not like, oh, cool. That's fun. Where'd you get it? Tell me this... all about You're like, it, it's wrong because of this. Nah. One, my commentary in the map is not commentary on you liking the map. You bought okay. the map. I support the purchase of the map. You think it's a cool map? I'm not arguing that. Two, you're right in your assessment, but it doesn't apply to this because there are rules within that and having the audacity to hang a map that shows your world travels so everyone can see it. And again, that's an assumption I made. This is all the pre-show stuff. So this is, yeah. I usually we keep the pre-show and the, the actual show separate, but now the two are bleeding into one another. Uh-huh. Uh, that's an assumption that I, that, that I made. And like I said, if the map was to be hung in the bedroom, then it's a different story. But in my well, mind, it was just be- hung in a dining room. People, they have dinner parties. People go, oh, this map. Yeah, let me tell you about that. So it's not me not wanting to share things because I would get a bad reaction. This is overstepping bounds, thinking you're more important, more interesting than you really are. Okay, but what what it does when you react to it and tell me the things that are dumb about the map or how the map could potentially be stupid, it puts just a little poison in it. So before I was very excited about the, the, the little plaque on it that says those people's names. And I think how fun will that be on my wall? And it's like, who are those people? I don't know. And, but then you turned it into this like thing where it was like, Oh, they like to show off where they travel. Well, also, you know, as so much I as, look at that thing and I'm like, oh, maybe it is. Kind as of. much as we like to pretend we're just having a conversation with each other when we are recording somewhere in our minds, we know that it is a show. So if you said, look at this cool map, I was like, yeah, it is really cool. And that's the end of it. And that's boring. So, okay. yes, I'm taking a contrarian approach, though. I have to say, even if we were not recording, I probably would have had the same feelings, oh. but uh, I wouldn't have jumped right into it. Okay. And dismissed the uh, one. I didn't even dismiss the the map purchase for two dollars. I just said, "Who are these people that put their own names on a map?" Right. That that attitude, like, "Who are these people?" Stuff so like, "Who are those people?" That's the difference. Yeah, because they're people I probably don't want to know. See, to me, I'm like, oh, "Who are those people?" If, if you found an old photograph of some family that's long dead, I'm like, "Oh, yeah. who are those people?" That's interesting. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So the world has to live according to your rules. Yeah, of about, course. Okay. <laughs> you act like this is some kind of new discovery on your part. Hello, I'm saying it because it's the show. I'm illustrating it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there are rules that everyone must know. And if they don't know them, that's not my fault. You are okay. still held, held accountable if you do not follow the rules. So anyway, <sighs> have we even introduced this no. week's topic? No, uh, it is a topic that I, I have opinions about, uh, but nowhere near the amount of opinions that you may have on it. And I wanted to talk about commercialism. Yeah, and setting me up to rant and rave, and that's come up off, to you. Come I'm off not ex- as- I don't. I, people don't necessarily. I don't necessarily want you to rant, but I think that you bring up some interesting points about the 
issues that you have with commercialism and advertising and let's, all of that. Let's and lump this in with consumerism also. It's going to be commercialism sure. slash consumerism, both of which hijack anything good and organic in the world for the sake of maximizing profits. That is also, you know, the definition of commercialism is emphasis on maximizing profits. Oh, right? wow. So it's right there. What matters most is making as much money as possible. And, you know, we did a show on money once before, and I think I railed against money against that. Money exists. I get it. It's a system. People will name a better system. I don't have a better system. Uh, So, you know, let's stick with money. But when money becomes the symbol of success and people run with that and power comes with money, um, you know, people strive for it. So it's not money. It's what people do with money. And commercialism ties right into this because it is the phoniest business. Advertising is phony. Uh, these corporations and companies caring about their image and their consumers. Uh, well, those are two separate. Caring about yeah. the consumers. They don't care about that. They care about their image so they can manipulate the consumers and make as much money as possible. And that is... Uh, transformed over the years it used to be here's a problem with your life you suck but we're here to fix that problem and as people grew uh, emotionally caught on to that little game now we're selling uh, empathy for example or experiences Mm. and it's gross and you can call me cynical if you want to call me cynical but i am dead right on this Companies and corporations don't give a shit about you. They just want your money. That's the extent that they care about you. So I think that in small ways, there there can be people with within a company that really do care. It's not like everyone is in on it. But I know that you have issues with um, places just needing to show that they've made money so that they can fulfill some sort of agreement with the stockholders or some sort of silent agreement nods with the, with the stockholders. So well, they, yeah, that falls they outside. They don't necessarily of, do what's best for the company or way, what may be Well, this falls ethical. outside of commercialism. Now we're not, this is not what we're talking about. Commercialism I mean, is, and marketing is a different topic than shareholders who need to be shown growth year over year over year, even though the company's healthy and made $6 billion last year. If they don't make $6 billion and $1 the next year, oh, my God, uh, we only made $5.5 billion, the shareholders. Oh, we got a- that, ties in, that ties in with commercialism or, or, or consumerism because you need to keep that going or you need to increase it in some yeah, way but I, so are... they might go after new angles like before it might be especially before all the covid uh it it was more about like you need this in your life because without it you suck right but now it's more your breath stinks. everyone's going through yeah your breath stinks but scope is here to save yeah. the day and fine, mouthwash. That guy in the Mentos commercial is a real loser without his Mentos. See, Mentos doesn't bother me so much because Mentos is making fun. There is there is a level. Were of, they? There's a, Were they? Yes, there's a parody in that. Uh, the person's you, not prepared for their meeting until they have a Mentos. Don't you think that that was some foreign commercial? No. So they were. No. Oh, I didn't know. Even, no, that's just, that's funny because that's. They did, no, they were not in on the joke. Yes, they were in on the joke. I, I, I suck. My meeting's going to suck. Uh, oh God, I sat on this bench with paint on it and now my suit's oh. ruined, but, but, oh, but now I can save the day. I can fix this problem because I had a Mentos. Everyone watching that knows a Mentos doesn't do any of those things. And that's why I was okay with Mentos commercials because it's full of life. 
Yeah, because everyone watching knows. Nobody, it's not trying to fool anyone. And if someone really does think that they take a Mentos and suddenly their life is fixed. They're going to have a good idea and they're going to put that paint all over their suit so it looks pinstriped. Yeah, so Mentos actually did not bother me that much. And okay. the song and the jingle really oh, sticks in your head. One of the best. Because uh, those things are, they, they play into your emotions. Music, just in general, does. And if you get a jingle as stupid as it is, it really taps in and it doesn't go away. Did you know Barry Manilow wrote by Menon? No. <laughs> I feel, uh, no, Isn't I Isn't that weird that that has to be written? Somebody has to write it and somebody had to By Menon. <laughs> someone had to sing it. Yeah. I feel strange talking about it, though, because that Seinfeld episode popularized, it was already popular, but it brought it into the limelight again. Costanza. I that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because by men in such a strange, short, little jingle. Yeah. And so it worked. Weird. And it stuck with you. I mean, what are some of the other ones that uh, you remember? That stupid Crossfire commercial. You'll get caught up in the Crossfire. And okay. All, uh, huh? And all the gum commercials. Oh, yes. Double Mint. What's the dub- <laughs> double Mint. What's the Double Mint song? Double, double your refreshment. Double, double your enjoyment. Oh, no single gum double freshens your breath. Is a breath, mouth, something like okay. double mint, double mint. Go on and double it. Double mint, double mint gum. Which what I is? I was going to sing a different one than yours. What is a double mint? It's, not, it's just a mint. You can't. You're doubling up on the mint. Well, that's a ploy right there. People like mint. This freshens your double breath. Double it. We're doubling it. Well, <laughs> someone needs to come out with quadruple Triple mint. Triple mint. Yeah, yeah, quadruple mint. Quad mint. And then there's Juicy Fruit, and there's Big Red. Those were all good. Oh, big Red. Ba-ba-da. So kiss a little longer. Stay close oh, yeah, a little longer. Keep your breath long lasting freshness with, with Big Red. Yeah, and Juicy Fruit. It's gonna move ya. It's gonna ya. move ya. See? The, the something's on that gets right through ya. And juicy Fruit. The taste, the taste, the taste is gonna move ya. And the, the, these commercials, they are part of the fabric that makes up our yeah. world and our media landscape, especially. My buddy. And those, those are relatively harm. Don't get into kids' commercials because those. Kid sister. Sorry. Those, that's completely different. Gum, to me, is relatively harmless. You're putting forth this goofy commercial. Maybe it ties into Mentos in a way. It's a, it's mm. a candy. Everybody knows you don't really need this. So if you don't the take Snickers. your. If you don't take yourself so seriously, I will give you somewhat of a pass. I still don't like the fact that commercials, I get that you got TV for free. uh, And part of that was, I mean, the main, the only reason was because there was advertising. But at that point, I don't like the power that comes in with the advertisers because they're the ones spending the money. And therefore, if they don't like something that's happening on a piece of content, they'll get involved and they'll dictate yes. things because we have the money. You want our advertisement. I would have gladly. This was the thing with cable, right? Oh, you're paying for this. OK, great. And then they still did commercials on top of it. And I understand that the production costs were high and they did so many fucking channels that just subscriber memberships alone weren't enough to cover it and i guess a lot of it was going to the cable company and not for the content Mm. whatever the fact that you were still paying and then were subject to commercials was pretty annoying yeah that is i I think that that's really strange i mean it's it's not it's not strange like it's it it's not unusual we're all very used to it 
But there are a lot of situations like that where we've paid for something. We've paid for we've paid for the product and now we have to sit through ads. So like you said, in commercials on regular cable TV, um, I was always pretty annoyed at the movie theater when I'm watching a Coca-Cola commercial, which I have no problem with Coca-Cola. But I've paid for this movie. I've paid too much, what feels like too much for a movie. Too much for your popcorn, too much for your the whatever. And now I'm sitting through ads. I don't like that. It's like saying, like, I want to buy this T-shirt. Okay, well, before you purchase it, I'm going to have to show you a commercial for some sponsor of Old Navy or something. I'm like, Ugh, okay. I mean, it's happening quite a bit on free games for your phone. Yes. It's like, all right, you get to play three seconds. Now watch three minutes of commercials so we can rack up the money uh how are they making money from that because people keep playing the games and they just watch these things they're forced to your captive audience if you want to keep playing the game but just watching something doesn't mean that i'm going to use it so i don't understand how no i guess people might use it well that's the idea with advertising that was in papers and magazines and tv was yeah everyone who hears it or sees it isn't going to run out and buy it it's just saturation of the market enough people read this magazine not anymore but you know in the heyday of magazines our circulation's huge like okay that's worth it to us to get this many eyes on it and i do think a lot Mm. of it is drilling the brand into your brain so even if you don't need the product if you ever come across a time in your life where you need the product you'll go yeah like i want to be like those classy virginia slim Women that I see in my magazine. Yeah, I need so a I'm cigarette. Smoke those cigarettes. I need a, I don't want to be the trashy Marlboro woman. No, that's a masculine cigarette. So I'm going to get the Virginia Slim. <laughs> yeah. And the marketing of it, like that's what they thought about, like women, slim, long mm. and skinny. Even though it's uh, the same, no different than smoking any other cigarette. We're Virginia. We're packaging and presenting it differently. Women will fall for it. And God forbid a man gets caught smoking a Virginia Slim. His buddies will get to really lean into him and give him shit. Smoking a woman's <laughs> cigarette, huh? Like wine coolers, for example. Yeah. Marketed towards women only. Bartles yeah, we're and having James. a time by ourselves. We're women. <laughs> but we can't handle the real stuff. No. Ugh. Who wants a yucky old beer? So we just need to have the light stuff, the sugary sweet drinks. And mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, people buy into this stuff. One thing that I do think happens in this country, especially, is uh, when people want social change, as disgusting as it is, it really comes through advertising. Uh, You know, gay rights, equality, gay marriage. The moment commercials just started presenting gay couples as normal and that got fed out to middle America, mainstream America, that just becomes... The government isn't making changes. The government's reactionary. They always have been. They say that they're there for the things that the voters want, but they just do what they need to do to keep their jobs. And, you know, because this is why it's not cynical. This is actually the way it works. Commercials, marketing, brands, they tap into what is popular so they can continue to sell more. They're the company that the people can believe in and trust because look, we're on the same page as you. And you know, once enough of the country turns and says gay people should be able to get married. And then I know that it did come through the Supreme court that they, that they were allowed to. And that's all right. We're reflecting what people want. And then it becomes mainstream and people don't think about it anymore. But there was a time, you know, like I, I think it was Gerber or, Maybe even 
wasn't like a paper towel company. I don't remember. But it was somebody who came out, like had a gay couple with a kid uh, within their commercial. And there were people in, you know, the more idiot parts of the country who were against it and wanted to boycott it or whatever. Um, so there is a point where the company, I don't know, may have a, a an actual opinion. Right. So how how can you discern between a company that really does want to reflect the true nature of the people they're advertising to, which would include everyone so naive, so naive but or finish, when is it thought, that like silly because girl going to lose people? You're going to say you're going to you're going to gain some and then lose others. So could it I mean, you're it's a gamble. Yes. To okay. do that. You're, it is a gamble at some point in some companies make those risks because they feel as though that's how they stay relevant and on top of things. A lot of companies will avoid that altogether because they just want to have general appeal. Right. Um, but still it's not this altruistic thing, this care of humanity when a company decides to take somewhat of a risk and go down a path that is going to alienate some people. They've put in all the research, they've done the surveys and polls and had case studies and, and they've decided, all right, this is the way we're going to go with this. this so is- I, I guess I try and imagine myself in the role of some high-powered someone at a company. And if I say, like, I want to be more inclusive and I want to include people of all different whatevers across the board within our advertising, and then it trickles down to you saying, like, this company doesn't really care, but maybe they do. How do you know? I, ultimately, they don't care. I'm not saying the people who work there don't have beliefs and thoughts, but ultimately the company itself is just trying to make as much money as possible. Sometimes, this is rare, but sometimes the company actually does realize, you know, we may make a little less, but we're going to gamble for the long term. And this Mm. over the next 10 years will pay off, uh, which I think is something that we're talking about here. If you take a social stance on an issue that's going to alienate some people, you take a risk like, all right, well, maybe this hurts us in the short term, but in the long term. This could pay off, but that's all it's about. We need to make as much money as possible. Marketing is fake. It's made up. If, you know, dresses have been marketed towards women since the beginning in whatever the earliest forms of advertising were before advertising and men and women just lived in little towns and hamlets and Okay. It's like, I don't know how it was pushed, but it was pushed in a way dresses are for women. But if suddenly some marketing came about and started pushing this manly image of men in dresses uh, over time, I think you would get it to change. And then people would just, yeah, that's what a man is, because I've been told I've been shown these images. That's the whole thing with uh, the ideal body that mm. advertising is put forth. Like, yeah, yeah. And then everyone feels like they need to look like that. And when they don't and they fall short, they feel like shit. And then everybody covers up their bodies that are not, quote, perfect. And then nobody sees each other for who they really are. Every, you know, woman uh, over 35 and has had kids is in a black bathing suit. And the bathing suit is like billowy. You can't see her stomach. You can't. Maybe she's wearing like a beach cover up. You don't get to see any of that. And I instead think- of just seeing like a body, just be a body. I think some of it does tap into genuine feelings like there's, you know, a certain look that people are attracted to. Mm-hmm. But when you present that constantly and you're bombarded with it, then anyone who doesn't look like that, I think, feels 
bad. I don't know. So what do you think about the new advertising strategies that do you see? And maybe you don't see them, but I see them as a lady. I see a lot of um, companies saying we are not retouching photos that were. So I think CVS um, and all, by all their makeup, none of the photos that are put up of people like in Revlon or whatever, it's all untouched photos. And then also if you're scrolling through like Facebook, there's advertisers for underwear and it's a woman um, like pulling, like sitting in, in a, I was going to say Indian style, pardon me, crisscross applesauce. And she's whole, she's pulling up her underwear and she has like a really wrinkly postpartum belly. And I think it, it does honestly, just to be honest, it does look kind of gross, but it also is like, cool. You know, like I want to see more variety in a body. Well, you want to see. Yeah, all different body types reflected, including body types that match your body type. You're like, okay, well, this is worth putting out there. This is going yeah. to. But even that, this is, again, sounds cynical, but I think they've made the choice that there's been such backlash against the uh, unrealistic images, especially of women's bodies that are put out there, that now they're like, okay, well, the tide has turned, so let's appease these people. Uh, now we'll start putting out all these different body types. I don't necessarily think it's maybe there's people within the corporation the company who think it's a good thing and they push for it but you're gonna yeah. have to do a lot of convincing and somewhere along the I line, think that I I think that they're I think that that is a traditional way of thinking but I bet there are a lot uh, more smaller businesses who are advertising now who have more say you know it's not you know a, a huge corporation type of company you think about you know, it's not it's not owned by Nestle. It actually is owned by like this lady. Here she is. And maybe she does have a, a, a stance that she takes on how she advertises and wants it to be m more authentic. She still and wants to make that has as much as most money as possible. She still that's her still her end goal. I will. Yes, though. True. If you wanted. But maybe she has eth like a, a, a yeah, a social ethic. That she follows. Yeah, if she wants to start a company that fits some kind of standard that she holds important to herself and then other people are finding to be important, then yeah, go for it. But um, a company like Dove, even though they have done good things as far as presenting different bodies in advertising, because it is such a large company, you feel like it was a gamble versus that, that they were that they were uh, an angle that they were going for versus just something that they actually believed in. Yeah. And quite often these companies don't even handle their own stuff. They have advertising agencies right. that they oh, yeah. hire to do this. And then that's a whole game of bullshit. We're yeah. here to create a trust between the consumer and the brand. And we will make your product the most memorable. And it's like, I don't really care about and the brand recognition i get yes. that in that game that is an important thing you get the brand recognition you own the market but you know sometimes these people they people who work for brands get so um they, they drink the kool-aid and they're all about the, the brand we've got to protect the brand the brand is so important anything that could hurt the brand is something we need to stay away from the brand and I feel like you have a lot of experience with that. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of the work that I've done is branded content. It's right there. So it's, uh, you know, for a long time, and it's still going on, but with the internet, instead of traditional straight-up ads, you would have branded content. 
Uh, Chevy's got a new electric car. It's very innovative. Let's take a look at people who are doing innovation, innovative work in different fields. It's like, I make a sustainable home. Or some other guy is like, I've created a shop for people to come do their own metal woodwork and you'd pay for a member. And then, you know, Chevy tacks their name on it. (laughs) And this is supposed to fool people also. It's like there are stories in there, but what happens with these things is they're ultimately so short and lacking substance. It's just like, okay. I just watched two and a half minutes. Day in the life. That was the thing that was really big. Day in the so life. So what that does, right, is, is oh, I enjoyed that little piece of something. That was nice. It was attached to Chevy. And maybe I don't really think of it again. But when I am looking to buy a truck or something, I think, mm, over Ford, mm, maybe I'll look into those Chevys. Because I, I, I have some sort of acquired knowledge that they're they're cooler or they have. Yeah, or, or, the, or the electric car is like, oh, and they yeah. care about the environment and look at that. Right. I just, it's still ultimately. Not like Ford. I've never seen them advertise. I've never seen them do anything nice. What happened was there was a movement where normal people's lives were interesting for people at some point. You had Humans of New York, which is I just stopped a person on the street and talked to them and we learned about them. I'm not saying there's not interest here. I mean, human interest stories to begin with were always something that were presented on news. Mostly it was fires and people dying. But sometimes it was a nice story. And then people said, you know what, I like the nice story. So you had Humans of New York. Uh, what was another? Oh, I feel like story, oh, This American Life <laughs> yes. became very popular, mm-hmm. which uh, was like, I'm Ira Glass. Today we talked to a man. He works at a gas station in Kansas. I'm like, oh my God! Wow, you're gonna do a show on the man who works. At- oh, bow down to Ira Glass for being one of the common folk. Get out of here. <laughs> that guy was pretentious. I mean, the story itself maybe was fine, but give me that was bullshit in its own right. Oh, good. Thank God we have you to open the door so we can see into the average life and hear stories of the common folk. Thank you, Ira Glass. So how does someone go about doing something like that without you feeling like they're a phony? (laughs) Well, you can gauge it. There is a level. I feel like Humans of New York uh, was more authentic. It was we stopped a person on the street. Ultimately, the person packaged it up and sold it. And fine. This is what happens with commercialism is anything that is good and organic, especially in the creative form, if it becomes popular and you don't sell it, if you were the creator of it, someone else is just going to steal it and package it and sell it because it all gets hijacked. It all gets sold. It all gets watered down and all gets ruined. Ultimately, I get that if you want to make a living doing something creative, you have to sell it. Uh, you know, the whole thing, the band sold out. I was a fan before they sold out. It's like, okay. I guess it's what happens after you, quote, sell out that matters. Yeah. If you stick to your roots and you keep doing the things you want to do and that feels authentic, um, you can't really blame the person or the no. people involved. A lot of the times, once money gets involved, especially in music, I feel as though, too, depending on why you were signed, quite often you're signed, you don't even have talent or you have talent, but it's not anything that's so special that it puts you ahead. You're just marketable. You've got a look and a personality and your music's fine, but we're going to push this. And then they control the image and it's all fake. 
Uh, well, you... yeah, there's, there's, especially with music, there's a motivation to what's written in the beginning or what's made in the beginning. And then some of that motivation goes away because of your success. You know, like there's, I think it was, I forget, some comedian said that comedians are always funnier when they're riding the bus because they have struggle and they have, you know, data that's flowing into them and inspiration. Whereas when you're really successful, you know, you sort of uh, lose some of that grit. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thing to explore in its own right with creativity. How is it affected by success? Mm -hmm. Um, It surely is. It has to be in certain ways, especially if your motivation is a struggle. If at first you're being driven to be creative because you're struggling and the struggle goes away, then good luck. I don't yeah. know. I don't know where you go from there. Um, you know what I was saying before, though, about being authentic. And I know I railed against Ira Glass in This American Life. It's just because that guy does that. He seems fake to me. I never really liked him. I never, Do you know him? I don't like the way he speaks. And eh, no, I don't. <laughs> But, I don't know if you've met him and you got a weird vibe from him. No, I've heard I've heard stories, but who knows about stories? I don't want to necessarily repeat things because it's not. It's just listening and okay. reading things about him, and I think he's full of himself. Yeah. And I don't have any respect for that, even though the show was being done in an authentic way. And backtracking, these stories though of just normal people then was hijacked by brands, and that's why Day in the Life became a big thing. We're just telling yeah. common stories or stories of common people doing exceptional things and we attach our brand to it. And yeah, we're going to have some say and we're going to manipulate this and make sure the messaging fits exactly what we want it to be. But it's going to feel a little more authentic and not direct, which give me a direct ad. Come on. At least I know what you're yeah. doing. Stop trying to fool me into this. It's insulting. I find it to be much more insulting. And the way that commercials have evolved over the years and now they're not selling just the product they're selling the experience or they're selling empathy empathy became a big thing yes. we're packaging empathy we're not a car company we're a people company no, you're not you're selling cars that's what you're doing stop bullshitting it's also a luxury car lexus that uh, you're selling and it's not even accessible to most people so don't right. act like you're a people company and you care it's like you want to sell high-end cars now own it own it and i can hate that still too but at least I'll have a little more respect because you're just being honest about who you are. You don't care. Right. You know, Subaru, I like Subaru, but it's also, they were one of the first. We're selling experiences, bonding with family right, members Right, buy and a friends. Subaru and then, yeah, it'll last forever. You can give it down to your grandkids and then think of all the adventures you'll have gone on in your Subaru. Yeah, you know, the truth is I can have these adventures with any car. It's not your car specifically. You're making yeah. a good point that a car can be, you know, a vehicle, literally, to channel relationships and grow relationships and bonding. But it doesn't have to be a Subaru. But right. some people are like, Subaru's all about that. Are they really all about that? No, I don't think they're all about They want your money. They want to get you on board because you're one of these people who, uh, you know, falls for the indirect ad. Well, all the COVID commercials and the the similarities between all of them, I think that that was really interesting. Yeah, that was the, what was it? In these uncertain times. In these uncertain times. Yeah. In, the, in these trying times. Yeah, okay. 
you care. We get it. You care. We care. Oh, and they always talked about like how long their company has been around since 1903. We've been blah, 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 by your side. Yeah. You know what I hear when I hear since 1903? Not that you're trusted, that you're sneaky, that you found a way to really keep the competition. Okay, great. Fine. I guess if you're a company and you want to survive. Also, I'd love to know what they were originally started as because, you know, Companies that were started that long ago, they sold like rubber tubing or something. (laughs) (laughs) They provided cocaine for the Coca-Cola recipe or something, right? It was never like what they're doing now. It's always something different and weird. Yeah. When you get to be a big corporation, it's like that. See, it's tough because the butcher shop that has been around for 115 years, I'm all for, even if they do advertise. Most of the time, these smaller stores, especially here in New York, they don't even advertise. They've just been there. The neighborhood knows them. It's the same family running it. I can really appreciate that. It's like, wow, you've been around for a long time. I get, I am into that. But yeah, a corporation who just leans into the fact that they've been around for a long time. It's like, we've been here through thick and thin. It's like, oh, okay. You had no choice. You couldn't just disappear when things were thin. Yeah, thick. and through thick and thin, does that mean like when I didn't have money, I didn't have to pay for my car? You know what I mean? Like, no, there was you were you were not giving me any leeway then. Yeah, when it was thick and I had all the money to pay, you know, three hundred something dollars a month, you were all about it. That's fine. But then when something happened, I lost my job. I got sick. I brought in my mom to take care, and I don't. I can't afford my car anymore. It wasn't like through thick and thin. We'll be there. No. You're delayed. You're late on your payment. No, they were just. We were here through World War Two and World War One. <laughs> we were still and around. the Great Depression. We accidentally built some things for the Nazis, but that was an accident. <laughs> like Keurig. Did they? Is that the yeah. history of Keurig? I don't even mm-hmm. know the, what did they build for the Nazis. I don't. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it was something. For I know the it's Nazis. quite. The, it's quite the claim to make. All right, well, let me Google it real quick. Hold on. I right, can't spell up. Keurig. Don't worry. Google autocomplete. We'll yeah. <laughs> it'll fix it for you. I mean, look, Volkswagen has that history. It's just. Yeah. I'm just curious what Keurig. A lot of German companies probably were tied into it. And you move out of it, I guess, as best as you can. Um. Oh. Looks like you saw a rumor on social media. <laughs> Nothing Hold is on. actually no, true. I just Well, I Googled it, and I don't trust Google to give me the answer. Hold on. It should be the first thing that pops up. It should tell you how they're tied to Nazis. Keurig. We gave Hitler the caffeine he needed to... Like, that's their marketing <laughs> the, the at The methamphetamine producers. Shoot, I can't find it. Hold on. Hold on. Oh boy. What do I put in? Keurig? Nazi. World War. All right, I did that. So maybe there's nothing. Maybe there's no connection there. No, there where did is. You hear, where did you. Just because it's a German company? No, I. Um, where did you hear no, it? No, it's not just because it's a German company. Oh. Nazi past. Owner of Keurig Dr. Pepper uncovers links to. What is. See, I'm trying to find it. Hold on. Hmm. The patriarchs, get out of here. I'm not unblocking the ads, Burlington Press. See, look. That's where I am. Yeah, well, they want me to turn off my ad blocker. I'm not doing it. Looks like the patriarchs of the company maybe were Nazi supporters. Okay, fine. All right, see, there you go. I feel like they did something else. (laughs) All right, well, 
That's not bad enough. <laughs> That's not not enough for you. No, because I, I the real thing that sticks in my mind was that Keurig had something to do with the ovens manufacturer. But I don't know if that's true. So that's why I didn't want to say, because I didn't really believe it. I wasn't sure. Well, now you've shut down this whole show. All right. Well, sorry. <laughs> We've been here for you, t- for you since 2019. So you expect me to bail you out of this. I'm not. You get yourself out of this one. All right. Well, where were we? We're talking about... I don't remember what we were talking about. Yeah, the, look, the show has come to a screeching halt, but I, I'm usually here to fix it. But I'm not. I, you need to own this. You want to go down that path? We had it. We had it covered, and now you're going. You're going deeper. You're going back into it to try to find the information. Yeah. It's, What's leave, wrong with that? Leave it alone for now. We got to move away from this. And All this right. Make things awkward. You're making things awkward. We'll move us out. Introduce something else. I wish that there was a way to believe a company when they're trying to advertise to you. (laughs) Don't. How about that? Or really, maybe it can just be, well, just look at it with with, uh, realistic eyes and see whatever they're giving you, whatever they're showing you, whatever they're trying to tell you through advertising but maybe be able to see through like remember that my life's not going to be better just because I have that thing but it preys on just our natural our natural sort of instincts they think you're an idiot quite often they not every company sometimes I feel like Old Spice that direction they went when Old Spice's whole image was we're for old men and then they just got really weird in their commercials and funny and they were good commercials. And you know what? You're selling a product. I understand that. But I can appreciate the fact you're not taking yourself so fucking seriously. Like okay. a lot of these companies. So I was like, I, I use Old Spice. Maybe I was using what? it before, but I can't remember. But the advertising surely cemented that in because I appreciated the fact there weren't people. Maybe there was a fight. No, no, no. We can't. We got to protect the brand. The brand. That happened. Yes, that's happening. Uh, or maybe I don't know if it's still happening, but there was an issue with Harley Davidson. Where Harley Davidson wants the new the new salespeople, the new marketing people are coming in saying like we the people that we're selling to are dying. We can't be selling to these people anymore. We need to uh, we need to go toward a younger audience, and we can't do that if we and people aren't moving because the old people that are are still in charge are still there. So they're not they're not budging. Yeah, because it represents something. There's a certain type of person who buys a Harley, and it's a good American right. who cruises. Yeah, okay. Let's see what happens. Motorcycles. It needs to be younger people at some point. Yeah, motorcycles younger people and, have money too. Motorcycles in general probably are on the decline. I don't know. Um, or maybe they're coming back up. As, well, that's the thing. Maybe they are on the decline, but if that's the case, people need to start changing how they're marketing so that people will maybe more <laughs> they won't be on so much of a decline. It's still it's selling, you know, Harley is a good example of selling a lifestyle for one of the earliest ones probably. It's like you buy a Harley or this kind of person. It's like, well, yeah, it's very limiting. It worked for them for quite a while, but maybe people don't want to be that kind of person anymore, whatever that is. I, I do enjoy when advertising gets weird. Yeah, I'm okay with like this strange Skittles commercials and Starburst commercials. Because you're mm-hmm. selling candy. Stop being so self-important. You're not. You're not important. But you exist. Yeah. And I can really appreciate that. 
that works on me with comedy humor. It was like, look, cleverness. That's why the Mentos thing is like, look, we get it. It This doesn't matter, but we're advertising because we want you to buy our product that I can get on board with. Like you have something to sell. Okay. Thank you for not treating me like, like, for example, I'm not going to say the brand, but we're working with a cereal brand, a big one right now. And a lot of the thing with the, the shoot is you can't show pancakes. It's like because they think the viewers are idiots. And maybe they're maybe they're onto something. If you saw cereal or pancakes, maybe you'd actually want the pancakes instead of the cereal. But it's like, no, 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 we can't show the pancakes with the cereal. It's just got to be the bowl of cereal because they think they're they're controlling the image so much and they think that the viewers are idiots i I shouldn't even say that maybe they don't think they're idiots maybe they think they're smart because who would want this tasteless cereal (laughs) and when you're putting it up against different foods but it's still it's like you're steering these people and it's like i that's when i get offended and like just come on it's the same thing. I think that story that Eric told us about where or, uh, some radio station where he works and the competitor, uh, their their numbers were like 96 something. And so they were never allowed to say that it was 96 degrees because it would remind. So if it was 96 degrees and they were talking about what temperature it was outside, they had to say 95 or 97. Yeah. You know what? If your station's better than that other station and you say the numbers of that station and it does remind the people of that station, they're still not going to leave. They're going to stick with yeah. you because you're better. I was like, well, no, we just, we told the people, we reminded them, and now they're going to leave. How about you put out a better product instead of trying to trick people constantly? That is the biggest gripe. That, you're just, come on, please. And people buy it, though. They buy into it. And then I said at the beginning, consumerism, which ties into commercialism, the fact that people feel as though they need to have all these products and they've bought into the system to the extent that their worth is tied to how many goods they buy and if they have better versions of the things uh, that their neighbors have or the more expensive versions that they're doing better and they can set themselves apart. And this is- That was the smartest thing that companies did, though, because you don't get things fixed anymore. You know, they made the, the products, you know, some products either so cheap or just moderately priced that to, to think about the pain, the, the, the um, inconvenience of uh, getting something fixed instead of just buying a new one, right? That became too much. Like, ah, oh, why, why spend the money and the time taking it somewhere to be fixed? Well, I'll just go to Target and buy a new one. Or in the case of Apple, nobody even knows how to fix it. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, good. Trade it in every few years. That's exactly what we want. Oh, my God. If you go to a Goodwill or a thrift store and you go to that electronic section, it is filled with those iHomes, you know, because they all have the wrong port because none of the ports fit that anymore. Do you remember the big long port that was at the bottom of your iPhone or your iPod? Like. Several, I forget what pin. It was a certain number pin. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like 32 pin or something. It's huge. So, yeah, all those things are gone. Yeah, they, have they, just put, they, they just put their own stuff out of business. Yeah, but speaking of marketing, the way Apple has sold themselves is this high quality product that cares about the uh, sustainability in a way where mm. we care about the world. And yeah, meanwhile, we exploit people in other countries to get this product out and maximize our profits. And, uh, Great, wonderful. Also, right, but your what ads. What kind of phone do you have? Your ads are also the most. I know, I get it. 
I know. Because they've kind of, they've cornered the market and you want the, the better of some people get into Android. I would prefer not to have a phone, but they've really done a good job of setting it up where if you don't have a smartphone, good luck getting along in life. If you're working a modern job now, especially uh, oh, yeah. remote, it's like, yeah, you have your computer, but sometimes this gives you the ability to walk away from your computer or you're still accessible, which I really cannot stand, but I don't think it would fly. If you told an employer that you're making the choice not to have a smartphone or even relationships, like I don't, you can't text me. I don't have that kind of phone. I was like, yeah. we'll see how your relationships last, how long they last, how they stand up. You know, maybe that's something like during COVID, you never thought that you'd have to like spend so much time with your family and get to know them as well. You know what I mean? You'd never just like, well, I don't know. Maybe that's not going to happen or that seems impossible to do but everybody's doing it i wonder if two people decided to like not text each other anymore and only speak over the phone during because go. of covid or just in general no just in general what i'm saying is because of covid things that i didn't think were possible are now possible <laughs> you know well, just I, like people who always wanted to work from home but thought like oh, i never could do it and then they were forced to and then it works yeah i mean that's going to open the door to a whole new wave of I mean, if you're going to make a product and really get into the territory where you, you're you you're protecting yourself, you have to become a part of the people's lives to the point where they can't operate without. And I think technology yeah. is the one that has that corner. Toothbrushes don't. Sorry. There's too many of them. Sure, you need a toothbrush because your teeth will rot otherwise. But, uh, you know. It's not as difficult to make a toothbrush copy a toothbrush. I think the technology oh, think. that goes into like an iPhone right. or an Android or the, like the Samsung Android are like the two big ones. And the other yeah. ones try. What are the other ones? Google? They try and they can't really get in because they're just not as yeah. good. Like the discrepancies are really in your face when it comes to technology. And that's how you can take over people's lives and integrate yourself so that you're a part of their existence. I guess that's the yeah. evolution of that's what every brand dreamed of doing. But, you know, Apple got it's, to do it's it. It's really made it so that when you don't have it, you really are screwed, like you said, in a job or maybe in a, even in a relationship. And also, um, I remember I was uh, in downtown Atlanta and I was far away from where I was trying to go. Uh, and I was getting an Uber, but my phone was dying. And I wasn't, I was worried that it was going to die before the person got to me. So I wasn't going to be able to, they... I, they wouldn't be able to find me. And then I would just be stuck there. It's not like you can get a taxi, you know? I don't know. There was just going to be no, there was going to be a much more difficult job ahead of me to getting back well, without things, my phone. Yeah, things have changed, at least before you had access to pay phones. If you got in some kind right. of trouble, you could call someone. That doesn't exist. You can ask no. to borrow someone's cell phone. Like, no. Nobody. I know. It's always suspicious. You're like, mm. Nobody wants to lend their, because also that is their life now. So much shit is on there. Yes. It's like you feel like you're handing over your diary in a way. Everything, <laughs> yeah. everything that's embarrassing to you is on that phone. Everything you hold dear is on that phone. If you lose that phone, you lose a lot. It wasn't just like someone asked to borrow my flip phone. I ran away with it. It's like, that sucks, but. Yeah, I lost my contacts, I guess. Yeah, I mean. So how did Apple do that? They just became so ubiquitous. Look, they made a good product, but then they also, the way they made it 
so it was everything had to go through Apple. That was the difference with Android, right? It's oh, open. Oh, yeah. It's open to other developers, and they want to integrate, and they want it to grow, and they want it to be the screen. Apple was just closed off and inclusive. Yeah. And here's the thing that we have, and we're keeping this all in-house, which... Like, I swore that I wasn't going to buy the new phone without the headphone port jack thing because I was pissed about a it not being there b it now being uh the one plug at the bottom which doesn't make sense and I forget what c is but I just was like I was not I'm not doing it and then I did well, what were we going to do got me. what were we going to do keep the same phone for years and years and years <sighs> either that or I don't know. Switch to some other type of phone, like an Android or something. You're too, like, in, you're too ingrained. That they've got you. They I got also, me. I also assume that doing ads for Apple's got to be one. Car companies suck. Oh, Apple's got to suck. No car company commercials. They're the worst. I mean, just car companies in general, and the way that they need to show their product. Mm-hmm. It's just this pretentious. You, we cannot appease you. You're full of yourself. I don't know what it is because they're big purchases, I guess. Hmm. Um, I just, car companies think Apple, I can only imagine doing an ad for Apple. Because Apple is so image conscious that it's got to, even though their ads quite often are some of the most insufferable things you've ever seen in your life. Like, I, okay. What I can't you, think of an Apple ad. You were just complaining about an Apple ad the other day about some guy who sits down at his piano and. Oh yeah, that is Apple. See, and they even they're sneaky. You hate it so much that you've blocked it from your. Yeah. I'm reading, singing my songs, and mixing my music. Oh, anybody who's watching Hulu and they're binging shows and they see the same commercial over and over, and it's that one where he's like at his, he's like at his piano. He's gonna practice singing. He's gonna sing his stupid song. <laughs> And then he's working on his computer, and then later he's just going over and over and over. I was going to say um, about a car commercial that I really hated, and it really speaks to what you talk about and what you hate in a commercial. Um, it was one of those things where it was like three people walking into a big sort of space, and the one guy's sort of leading them. He's like, oh, what are you looking for in a car? And they ask all three people, and they're supposed to be just, like, actual people and not actors when they're obviously actors. And then they reveal, you know, those three trucks or whatever, and they're like, oh, these three trucks are exactly those things. Like, whoa! So then, if you start watching, uh, for some reason, something I was watching, like, thought that I was watching it in Spanish, so I was only getting Spanish commercials, and then I saw that same commercial with different people, but all in Spanish. So it's like, oh, this is, I mean, I knew it was fake, but it, then it just really kicked in that inauthenticity into high gear because they're all having the same conversations, the same reactions. Oh, you know, being surprised about like the trucks, you know, why, why, why can't they just be more authentic? I mean, that's insulting like, yeah. in its own right. Maybe they did a real pure group study like that. They did not. I'm just saying not on camera they didn't because you're not going to get natural reactions out of people when you've got lights and cameras in their fucking faces. It's like even if they don't know what's... people don't look good. Real people don't look good. Well, even if they don't know what's coming, they know something is coming because there's what is all of this going on. So you're not getting (laughs) a real reaction from people. That's no crap. And I'm saying maybe they're recreating, but quite often it's not even that. This is... This... 
I've already stated it a million times. Yeah. This is this. It's, I find it all to be the most misleading, inauthentic bullshit that there is. And the world would be a better place, quite honestly, if advertising didn't exist. These people who take their jobs so seriously in creating ads and working for brands. You know, I don't, I've never worked with Coca-Cola and I know that even this is the thing. There's a fee, not that our show is ever going to go anywhere, but it's like, what if one day the show blew up and then Coca-Cola was interested in advertising, but then they heard the show and you badmouthed us. And so now we're not going to give you money. It's like, get out of here. I don't want your fucking money if you're trying to influence the content that I create because mm. money to me isn't everything. It's not the end all be all. But most people, oh, okay, please, no, give us your money. We'll we'll bow down and kiss your feet and kiss the ring and your Coca-Cola and Look, this isn't fair. I've never worked with Coca-Cola, but I assume that they're another one that are just insufferable if you're doing any kind of work with them uh, because their image is so important to them. It's like the image, like, oh, God, to protect. You know what? It doesn't matter. If Coca-Cola went away, maybe some people would be sad. I remember Coke. That's a shame. Or if Coke never existed, the world is not a better or worse place. It's maybe worse that you're actually around and you're feeding people this sugary poison and (laughs) it's rotting their teeth and their insides. You know, maybe it's a little bit worse that you're here. But don't act like the world's a better place because you're here. And look, I know that sometimes these corporations do things for charities and they put money out, Mm. but that's all for that's all for show too. It doesn't give me a break. That's because nobody there feels as though they need to do that. And like, all right, we're doing this because then when people look into it, they're like, look at us. We're part of the community. Does the money go places? Does it help people? Yes, surely it does. But that's not enough to make up for the fact that your brand doesn't matter, that the world won't end if you went away. So stop, stop, stop it. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to everyone else. And it is strange, too, when companies that are that big still advertise. Because they, you know, like still putting their stupid stuff in movies where characters are just casually drinking a Pepsi. Like, shut. You don't need to advertise. We know you exist. Well, they got now they're they're at the top. They do. They have the money. They've got huge advertising budgets, and they want to hold their spot. So they just that's how they keep that's it in your face. And like I think of Coca Cola. The fact but that I'm never gonna be like. Oh, you know, I haven't heard or thought about Coca Cola in a while. I'm gonna try out this RC Cola. No, you won't. But if they're not around for generations, you know, advertising. I mean, if there's no advertising for Coca, I know what you're saying. But it's still around. But what I'm saying is, if they're not that prominent in everything yeah. you see, and some people are gonna be born and they're not gonna see it. This has a subconscious effect on people. Yeah. It does. That's how you know the fact that people in the South use Coke as a synonym for soda. Mm-hmm. Like they love that. That's exactly where they want to be. Coke is just representative of all soda. It's, mm-hmm. it's what they want. They're, that's what they'd like everyone to say. I want to, what do you want? A Coke. Okay. Yeah. Sprite, please. But people will say that first. Like it means, what would you like to drink? A water or a soda? So, it's like your choices. Would you like a water? Would you like a Coke? Like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll have a Coke. Okay, what kind? Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've never heard someone say that. Oh, yeah, that it happens. Yeah. I'm, I need to go get some Coke from the store and they come back with... They come back with Sprite? Dr. Pepper or something. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... So I agree with you in spirit, but sometimes when I... If I, if I sit and, and like try and really untie it all 
I can't imagine that there's some, you know, rich guy with the cigar and like, I don't care about people. We just have to make money. <laughs> you know, that's that's not happening. There yes, are it is. Pe- those people are all the people that are in the upper, upper managements of companies who do care about profits and only want to make money and all that stuff. Those people are still people. They're still people with families and lives and, and morals and ethics. Not all of them, but. But Still, they're also doing their job. What is there. their what is their job to ensure that profits are growing every single year? Right, but maybe they could those people could still do it in a way that is ethical. I'm not even saying I mean that's a whole other argument and discussion that I don't think we have time to get into. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everyone is unethical, but I think by default the fact that you are presenting images and ideas to people with the intent of making money. Mm. Um even if it comes out of a good place, your intent, like how can you even argue that it's good to begin with? That's all. I see. That's what I'm saying. Just be honest. That's all I really I want is the transparency. Do you, you like ex- progressive? You exist. Soup? Yeah, I love the soup. No, the commercials. I do like the soup. I, I don't, what's that? The flow? No, those yeah. annoy me. Okay. I don't find them to be funny ever. I've never laughed at one, but people love Remember flow. those? Ca- they, had, they have all those characters they have those cavemen for a while that, was that really changed the game that was, Geico. That was geico yeah oh, I forgot. progressive See? has just been flow pretty much geico's okay. had some good funny commercials because yeah, yeah it's like it's we're selling insurance insurance i'm by sick na- of that gecko but insurance by nature is trash and the fact that <laughs> we're preying on people and okay okay but let's just put it out there with some comedy spin on it and it's all I want. You exist. You have products to sell. It's the nature of things. We all buy things. If you're buying things to try to prove you're better than other people, you're sick and you have some figuring out to do. And then look at yourself in the mirror. And if you're buying a bunch of shit you don't need just because you can, maybe you should think about that too. Uh, and there's a lot of advertising that's motivated by that. Yeah. If, if, if yeah. you know, there's humility and modesty are important. I'm not saying don't buy things. Don't enjoy your life. But, Sometimes you go too far. I don't know what you're trying to prove. If that's your idea of success, you're missing the mark. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, outside of that, okay, fine. There's all these things trying to sell things. I do buy things. We all have to buy things. If you want me to buy your thing, you're trying to convince me to do it. But just be honest about what you're doing. Don't don't okay. act like I'm some idiot, like quite often you do in your commercials. Just don't. Because it will turn me off, and then I won't buy your product. That's why I buy Old Spice and only Old Spice because their commercials were so <laughs> stupid and funny. It's like, okay, great. You've got me. I'm in. I'm in for good. I feel like, I feel like that Old Spice deodorant is the only deodorant that you can kind of find that doesn't have antiperspirant in it. Yeah, that's true, too. It's a straight up deodorant. But there's other ones like Brute. I, I know, but I have trouble finding that. Brute. Does Brute have that? Well, what about you can't find any lady deodorant that's just deodorant and not antiperspirant no because women aren't allowed to sweat it's a whole exactly. different that's a whole different thing um so anyway we can wrap this up some people would say mm-hmm. it's cynical i'm not cynical but i ever i stand by everything i said as the truth and you can challenge me and prove <laughs> some way I, it's not cynical challenge me. <laughs> it's not cynical because it is the truth we're working in the truth here the intent while sometimes maybe has a little bit of good in it, ultimately, it's not driven solely by good. Yeah. And there may be some offshoots or anomalies here and there 
where all the profits are donated, like Newman's Own. That's a weird thing. All the profits go to charity. Is that something with Newman's Own? Oh, it is? Yeah, there's something strange with Newman's Own. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. What do you exist for just to go uh, help people? Okay, fine. Great. Newman. Wonderful. <laughs> but, you know, so I'm not saying that there aren't instances where things do exist outside of this, but for the most part, okay. I have to stand by everything. Well, I you said. don't really see commercials for Newman's, do you? No. Not like Ranch or whatever. <laughs> Hidden Valley. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, like and subscribe. Write and review. Check out our uh, sponsor, hoppandpepper.com. Get yourself some really awesome, great hot sauce. You can use our code one topic 15 Get 15% off. They also are, uh, I think, have extended their uh, mini flask of hot sauce with any order that you can send to anybody who you think may enjoy it. So please check them out at hoppandpepper.com. Thanks. Bye! That was a commercial. I know. The end of the show. Your life will be better. Commercials. Does your life suck? (laughs) You need hot sauce. Yeah. Are you a loser without hot sauce? Just stick around for our actual recorded commercial. It's coming up. (laughs) Okay. Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without Mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what? Let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's got to be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hoff Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. 1TOPIC15. Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>